Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! I have a herringbone blazer and slacks with a hummus stain on the fly. Hello and welcome to Little Marty, the only podcast on the internet that used to be dedicated to uh, <laughs> Martin Scorsese and Adam Sandler, but uh, since we have uh, finished the Scorsese films, we are now strictly... The only Adam Sandler podcast on the internet. Oh, uh, wow. Mining. Is that true, actually? <laughs> no. Are you kidding? There's like... <laughs> there's a million. Okay, great. There's a lot of... Here's what I'll say, though, because I've listened to some of the other ones, and some of them, like, I think are in, like... They're they're not nice. They, they don't even, like, try to, like... Try to like but, the movies. Yeah, like it's more. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to. There's one in particular where I'm like, man, these okay, people are just I'll, like maybe I'll really. Take a little, maybe I'll check it out. Maybe I'll do a little reconnaissance work myself. But uh, we should introduce yeah. ourselves. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Eric Halloween, and I. My name is Jeremy Meyerwitz. Hello. We are, of course, the ridiculous two. Yes, um, we're known as the ridiculous two across the across the net. Yeah, we are we're different than uh, other Adam Sandler podcasts because you yeah. get to hear us over time. <laughs> um I I mean I definitely do this. I think Jeremy probably does this too where I find myself like I go into every single one of these movies in every episode just wanting to like mm-hmm. give the love to the Sandman cuz I I do think he does a lot of great stuff. I did grow up with yeah, of his Of course. It's a, his Prime movies, you know, but uh, yeah, his Amazon but, Prime movies. Yeah, his Amazon Prime movies uh, <laughs> back in the nineties, <laughs> and um, y- you know we're. Uh, but here's the thing: sometimes you run into a movie like Chuck and Larry or oh. uh, Just Go with It or something oh. where we just like can't pretend. Uh, we we just can't pretend, but we at least try. You know what I mean? And uh, that's what you're yeah. gonna get from this podcast is two guys. <laughs> yeah, and I and I will say this one is a very good one. Uh, this I'd movie. like to. Yeah, I, I I think yeah. So I don't know if I think trying is a, is is close to what we're doing. I think we're going in with good faith. You know what I mean? Yes, that's a better. We're way not to put it. coming to this. We're not doing this to attack the guy's career. <laughs> like, like. I I'm not gonna try to like Chuck and Larry if I don't like it, but I will. But I am gonna come in with an open mind because we are fans. I think that's a, yeah. I think that's that's right. And I agree. Meyerowitz stories, you know, the film and its uh, achievements have spoken for themselves. Nominated for the Palme d'Or back in 2017. The controversy around it uh, made it to where Cannes Film Festival doesn't allow Netflix films anymore. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool little movie too, I think, structurally and stuff. Very interesting. I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, so we are uh of course an Adam Sandler uh and former Martin Scorsese podcast, but now Jeremy, we're just an Adam Sandler podcast and uh but 
You know, the good news is, for listeners, is that uh, we have another podcast where you can hear our voices for even more time than you do on this one, and uh, we talk about other stuff over there, Jeremy, and uh, I don't know, why why don't you fill the listeners in on the kind of crazy shenanigans that go on over on the other pod? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Over at patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy, we have been covering currently the entire filmography of the Coen brothers. We literally actually just kind of finished with the tragedy of Macbeth. And now we're moving on to some of their written works for other directors. Uh, Quite a career um, that the Coen brothers have had. And if you want to hear what our takes are on each one of their films, you can head over to patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy subscribe at the $5 tier and I mean, that's a, that in and of itself is a lot of content. But we have also been doing this for many, many years. And, uh, you know, going there and then paying for that and unlocking that tier gets you access to all of that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, head over. It's a good time. We let our hair down over there. And what I mean by that is uh, me and Eric both have incredibly long hair that, mm, we, that, yeah. we, that we have basically kind of put up for most of the time and then sometimes would just let it yeah. all down. I'm I'm doing a Princess Leia kind of a thing today. Right. Yeah. You got the spirals on each side. Yeah. 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 So that's uh that's a little bit of that. And uh when Jeremy says five dollar tier, he's not uh that that has nothing to do with crying. That's no. it's more of a Tier is like a level. It's it's mm-hmm. like the uh, you know, it's like you know how um, HBO Max is now Max, and they right. have the like without <laughs> ads, and then like the super without ads or whatever. Super without ads. <laughs> There's like the with ads level, and then like without ads, and then super yes. extra no ads. Yes, King. um, it's like the middle one of that, and it, right. the thing is, is it it's it's actually cheaper than Max. It's five dollars. Right. You get in there. And it's better than Max, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And we do have every episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want to watch the uh, the entire series of uh, uh, Oz, Oz, you can come. You know what's crazy is I was about to fill in the punchline for you, and I was going to say Oz. You were going to say Oz. Yeah. I was, r- yeah. I, could, I was racing to th- remember what that show was called. Oz. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good stuff over there. Proud of all the work we've done on that Patreon. Um, it's a good time. You should check it out. Uh, yes, you should check it out. Patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. Uh, we are talking today about, uh, a film. I had, I had seen this one. I know that you saw this, have seen this movie too, but I, I'd kind of like forgotten that this was even coming yet. You know, I was like, Mm. I like I I enjoyed this movie when it came out and then it kind of came and went for me. And uh right. when I realized I was like, "Oh, this movie. Okay, this is great." Yeah. And uh it's it's really good and it's also uh I mean, look, we're we're kind of like in the middle or towards the beginning of the Sandler Netflix run. Um mm-hmm. And you know, I the, the highs and lows there. Uh, but, uh, this is just kind of like a nice, it's almost like a nice little break. You know what I mean? And I think, uh, part of that is, I mean, this is the first like non happy Madison 
related thing in a while. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And it's also just sort of like like Sandler working with, you know, PTA or mm-hmm. the uh, the freaking who are the uh, I'm blanking on the Uncut Gems people, but uh, oh yeah, right. Oh, the uh, the Safties. Yeah, the Safty bros. Yeah, yeah, like it was him working with like a you know very like define. I would say a director with a very defined style. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of seeing Sandler exist in this like other uh world because I imagine he has like a lot of control in the especially the Happy Madison movies. Sure. Yeah. And in something like this. You know, you could you could see why he might be sort of selective, in 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 this type of role. Like this director, I like what they're doing, and I trust them that they're yeah. gonna do something good. Sandler seems to have good taste. I mean, I'll say that. Like, I don't I don't know I don't know if that's true or not, but like, you know, he doesn't when he does these serious roles, he doesn't always pick home runs. But like, I even think about Spanglish, a movie I I very much didn't like, but he, you know, like that's a James L. Brooks movie. Like he he picked it because of James L. Brooks, which is not a bad. That's a good that you know what I mean. That's a good instinct to have. Just because mm-hmm. the movie didn't really work for me, doesn't mean that you know what I mean. Like that was a bad. That was necessarily a on its face bad move. I mean he's worked with PTA, the Safety Brothers, Noah Baumbach, James L. Brooks. Like those are I mean top tier creatives right like artists true artists so you know i i i think for all of the goofy shit sandler does and his own movies kind of not always being like you know of a of a certain class or whatever like this his his picking strategy seems to have worked for him pretty well i think i would agree with that jeremy and this is uh i think this is the first uh, Noah Baumbach movie we've 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 covered. So oh, I wanted wow. to yeah. talk about uh, talk about him for a second. I'm just trying to pull up where are, this are, is. Are you and, a fan of his? Um, yeah, I I would say I I like his stuff. I think is what I would say. Um, I don't know. There's like a. I mean, I almost kind of feel the same way about like Wes Wes Anderson in a way where it's like it's it, his movies are a vibe mm-hmm. and I kind of have to like be in the mood for it totally. a little bit, but it's, it's, it's got like the, I don't know the him and Wes Anderson. And uh, there's another director I blank in the, on the name of right now who I was like a huge JD Salinger fan when oh, I was sure. yeah. in, in college and like this movie, especially this this movie and like the Royal Tenenbaums give give off like real big mm-hmm. like J D Salinger vibes, right? Uh, to me, which I which I like. But the my is it Mayorowitz? My My Meyerowitz Meyerowitz stories Meyerowitz. Uh, was twenty seventeen. Yeah. So before this, he had done. Uh, he a had lot. written the Life Aquatic, yeah. yeah. Written. Yeah. Uh, he he wrote Madagascar Three, Europe's Most Wanted. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. I mean, that's what I know him from. Yeah. He's di- directed some stuff. Uh, freaking Francis Ha Greenberg. He's directed yes. stuff I had never heard of that looks good. Like, have you ever heard of Mistress America? 
a, it's a Greta no. Gerwig movie with him. And I, I'm just like, what? When did this <laughs> come out? <laughs> uh, Mistress America. Mistress America came out in 2015, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, uh, or Alexander the Last. The hell is <laughs> Alexander the Last? Oh, he's just a producer on that. Never mind. Okay. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, I, I feel very similarly where like, I like this movie, Meyerowitz Stories and Royal Tenenbaums for a lot of the same reasons. Like, they're both really fun kind of deadpan very specific family dramas um that are but but that are like they look like dramas but they're actually sharp comedies you know like mm-hmm. um my first uh film of his that i saw though was kicking and screaming which is actually his first movie he ever made and um this was a criterion collection movie that i just like bought on a whim one time and really really loved it like real, really loved, um, you know, the 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 vibe of the film. It's uh, the one where uh, Will Ferrell and, and yeah, Mike right. Dicka are <laughs> <laughs> soccer coaches, right? Yeah, uh, right. No, it's 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 like it's kind of a movie about college graduates, like who are like kind of lost after they graduate, and they're kind of yuppies, and they they all live in New York, and Parker Posey's in it, and. It's it it's kind of a really interesting, you know. It's got a really interesting sort of comedic tone to it, but like, it also being kind of just about minutia, you know. Uh, and it reminds me a lot of this other director named Whit Stillman, who I also really like, who I think uh, does a lot of. He did like Metropolitan and Last Days of Disco, which are movies about people kind of just hanging out. Um, and yeah, I, I you know I I totally agree. I ha- I have to be in the mood, for sure. But you know I think some of his films, Squid and the Whale, Margot at the Wedding, Francis Ha, this film, um, are really oh Marriage Story of course, are like really really, uh, I uh you know impactful rewarding films. I think if you're if you're in the mood. I think like if you're, if you're kind of ready to get on the film's level, you know? Yeah. They're usually pretty like funny, like the dial, uh, pretty funny and pretty like, uh, I, I, I've probably seen like three, four of his movies and uh, there's always like, uh, the dialogue's always great. And, and I, I always let, there's always some stuff in there where I'm like, I, I'm, I would almost call it like wisdom. There's like, uh, sure. There is a line in this movie, like towards the end. I'm not going to say what it is because it, 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 it like, it put uh like a former uh. It put like an important event in my life into perspective. That's okay. like yeah. a type of event that like a lot of people have experienced. And I was like, nine eleven. God damn! It's it's a line that uh, Adam Sandler has towards the end, and I'm mm-hmm. just like. Wow, I've never heard anyone like put this this way before. Sure. And it uh struck a chord, my dude. Yeah, man. I I I uh you know, there is uh, a scene in Marriage Story that does something similar. I think it's the monologue that Laura Dern has when she's talking to Scarlett Johansson about like 
the difference between men and women and Adam and Eve and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't know. It just, it just feels very, like you said, I think wisdom's a good word for it. Um, I like the sort of like uncomfortable and ugly truth of, of people like his, all the people in his films, I feel like you're rooting for them, but like you also they're also three dimensional people who have problems, like ugly problems, you know? Like, I like Dustin Hoffman's character in this, but he's, like, really a hard, a hard guy to like. You know what I mean? Like, the character is great, but, like, oh, that, like, he's such a just, you know, not self-aware and, t- you know, not great with his kids and just, you know what I mean? Like, there's just a, a lot of contradictions with his characters. I think I think Noah Baumbach's films are relatively complex, and you know, having seen a few interviews with him, it, you know, his career wasn't always shaping up to be that. Like he did three films in a row that were like kind of bad comedies, <laughs> and uh, and then apparently the the story is is that like he he had to basically like prove himself again in in the industry. He had to like start from scratch and that's when he ended up making squid and the whale, um, Mm. which was a, you know, big, big film for him nominated for a lot of Academy award, got a lot of, uh, you know, attention, critical attention. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, like, uh, from then on, I feel like he's had a good North star and he kind of makes films, a lot of similar looking and feeling films like um, all of his movies, to be honest. I mean, I actually haven't seen white noise, his latest film, which might be a little different, but, um, but yeah, he's, he's an int- He's interesting. Uh, it's kind of notable, I guess right now because of all the press around this film that he's not only is he, uh, I believe married to uh, uh, his partner is Greta Gerwig. So he's not married, uh, he was originally married to J- Jennifer Jason Lee for a, a long time. They divorced, and um, he's, uh, you know, with Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig, who is directing the Barbie movie, and he co-wrote the Barbie movie. So, mm. have you seen? Have you seen any press for this? The bar, the the Barbie. Movie? Oh y- yeah, I've been on Twitter. Uh, right. Yeah. For, <laughs> for thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no tell. You know. Uh, no telling what this movie is going to be like. I, I don't have any clue or expectation, but it definitely makes me interested knowing that like they both wrote this together. Yeah. I mean, uh, my feeling is like if they're going to do these movies where they like just do a movie based on like toys that just like nostalgia movies, at least get, at least give them, let the good directors take care yeah. of it. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, anyway, I don't know. I yeah, I don't know how I. Uh, I've I, I it uh, from what I from what I've seen. Uh, it looks like it's going to be very like nuanced in a way that I think a lot of those types of movies aren't. Um, sure. So I don't know. I like all all the. I mean, there's already like a lot of memes and stuff. I know they got. <laughs> That's they how got you a know great... it's going to be good. Sure. <laughs> It's yeah. like the Joker. There was like Joker <laughs> memes for like a year before it came yeah, out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so this movie you mentioned at the top kind of came and went for you. You liked it when it first came out and then maybe didn't think about it again. And I uh, it had the same experience where I, I, I watched it, I think, when it first came to Netflix and really loved it and never thought about it again <laughs> until now. And I think that's because of streaming. I think that's what streaming has done to like the the film industry it's kind of makes it where it's like you have these big moments with movies throughout the year but or shows but then like there's just so much more to do and watch and see and like i I was gonna actually ask you eric when was last to be rewatched like not for a podcast like just for funsies rewatched a movie that has come out in the last mm, let's say five years uh let's see here i mean i d- probably oh yeah for not for this podcast not for the pod- uh, yeah yeah so like i like not hubie halloween can't count yeah that was that <laughs> first one that came to mind yeah it just doesn't happen a lot i think right because it's like even in movies i'll see in theaters i'm like oh great and then it's like streaming all immediately and then it's just in the huge rolodex of films that are always streaming i have seen uh alexander payne's downsizing 30 times <laughs> just kidding did, i haven't did, did watched you see that, that movie i haven't seen it no i heard it's terrible it's real yeah it's pretty bad jeremy we're not talking about alexander payne although that would be a good uh yeah would be H- a good house of pain <laughs> yeah um, yeah, so, uh, the Meyerowitz story, uh, at the Cannes Film Festival, Sandler and Stiller stated in a press conference that playing brothers in this movie was one of the best experiences they've ever had in their careers, as it allowed them to grow closer as friends than they ever have in the past. Yeah, it's interesting, when I was, uh, I was thinking about this as I was watching them on screen together, that, like, these are two guys... Probably kind of like uh, Sandler and Brendan Fraser. Uh, mm-hmm. They probably have a similar relationship where they've just been like bumping into each other for years and years. And they're right. both comedy guys. And maybe they've there probably have been like moments where they've been close to working together or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure they've like talked to each other at awards shows and events and stuff. But. It's cool. It's cool when you get to see this kind of combo that's been like years in the making. Yeah, I think the, uh, I mean, they're very, uh, Sandler's very funny and um, what is it, Happy Gilmore? Is that the movie that, uh, not Sandler. Oh, right, uh, he uh, is in, Stiller. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Stiller's yeah, yeah. in Happy Gilmore. So they've worked together like once and you get the sense that they are close friends like you were saying, but yeah, this is, um, this is like the first time that we're seeing them kind of in a in role like they're they're both it's it's a weird movie, right? Cuz they're both these giant comedic legends doing this very grounded kind of dour comedy. Um one of the, you know, I we, I don't normally like uh trivia like this, but one of the trivia lines I I thought was very fun is that Dustin Hoffman has played their dads in different movies. (laughs) 
Like Dustin Hoffman played Adam Sandler's dad mm. in The Cobbler, and he played Ben Stiller's dad in Meet the Fockers. <laughs> 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 and so, yeah, it just feels like there's a lot going on here behind the scenes. Like, you know what I mean? Like the meta to this is pretty good. You know, just these, these three, like this, like this kind of like wonderful Jewish ensemble cast for this movie. Oh, and then Emma Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> who's in it which is which is like such a fun surprise like i i don't know if you you were shocked at that casting at all but like i i was like very charmed by you know emma thompson's presence in the movie she's such like a regal actor to be in something like this i don't know yeah she's good i guess i don't know uh i'm not as familiar with her oh i mean she's uh, oh just, yeah okay i'm looking at her imdb and a lot of like high profile dramas. She's also British. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Sense and sensibility, love actually, you know, she's like won an Oscar for best screenplay. <laughs> Howard's end. Yeah. She's like a merchant ivory period drama actor. And, uh, I mean, she's a weirdo too. She was like, she's like in Harry Potter and stuff, but like just fun like a fun casting choice. I think there's a lot of good casting choices in this. Like Judd Hirsch is great. Adam Driver. Elizabeth Marvel is so good as the sister, Jean Marowitz. Have you, have you warmed up to Adam Driver yet? Yeah, I think ever since, uh, freaking, uh, the, uh, inside Lewin Davis, inside Lewin Davis. Yeah. Yeah, I think now I, 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 he's all right, but in my book. Yeah. Right. Space Before then, outer? number Space. one enemy. Yeah, yeah, right. One uh, second, please. After, oh, Sandler stated in an interview that he enjoyed working so much in this movie that he would do another movie uh, with Bombach. Quoted saying, if Noah has an idea, I'm in. I love that. I love when, I love when it goes wa- when it goes well for the Sandman and these, and these, uh, cool collaborations like he loves the safties he loves pta you know oh yeah still hasn't done another one with with any of those people though well he's go he's doing another one with the safties right now i think oh good um but yeah i mean that's kind of more up to the writer directors than i guess it is up to sandler uh four minute standing ovation at the uh Cannes film festival right yeah um. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about uh, what goes on in this freaking delightful movie, Meyerwood Stories. Uh, let's see here. After separating from his wife, unemployed Danny Meyerwitz moves in with his uh, with Father Harold a retired Bard College art professor and sculptor, and his fourth wife, Maureen, a pleasant, if foggy, hippie. Okay, this is going to be a, one of those Wikipedia plots where... I know. By like a I feel so English bad for you. Student. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, is, this one's going to suck, um, but we'll get through it. Gene uh, is, is his sister. Gene is his sister, and they have <laughs> a younger <laughs> half-brother, Matthew. Uh, Danny is close to his daughter Eliza, a freshman film student at Bard. 
Uh, Eliza shows one of her sexually provocative films to the family who try hard not to show their shock and instead compliment its energy God, this is value. this is painful. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. Okay, so uh, my what do you think of this framing of like it's it's like a bunch of stories, like you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's like a book or something we're reading from. I again, it kind of reminds me of Tenenbaums a little bit. I yeah, it's it it's funny because it like it doesn't feel like that to me. As I'm watching the movie, like it d- definitely not like a uh, uh, what's it called, Ballad of Buster Scruggs mm-hmm, level right. of like right. separation. But uh, I don't know. I kind of like it. It did. It, it was fine with me. Again, again, like the J. That maybe that's why it reminded me a little bit of J.D. Salinger, like uh, mm-hmm. something like Nine Stories or. Franny right. and Zoe were he he had a lot of stories about uh, the Glass family, which is mm-hmm. sort of this dysfunctional New York family. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think about it? I uh, I'm o- I don't know. I, I'm always really won over by little things like this. Like, um, I know I just referenced Ten of Bombs, but another Wes Anderson movie, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, is also like a story within a story within a story kind of a vibe. And like, I, I don't know why I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it doesn't, I don't know if it helps the story to know that it's like framed as a book kind of, but I do, I do like, I don't know why I like it. I just am kind of like, Ooh, fun. <laughs> kind of, uh, kind of fun. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's hit or miss for me that that sort of a format. Yeah. Also, but, uh, this Eliza like the, uh, film student thing is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty like <laughs> it. It's extremely it's uncomfortable. Shocking. Yeah, and he's what? It's Adam. So th- it's actually wrong here in the Wikipedia. Uh, oh, it says Eliza shows one of her sexually provocative films to the family. It's Adam Sandler who does that. Yeah. Yeah. So Danny does that. Uh, he shows it. He's showing it to his sister and his dad and it's like her topless and then peeing in a urinal and like all this crazy stuff. And, uh, yeah. Anyway. Very funny. Um, some of Harold's work has been selected as part of a faculty group show at Bard, but he refuses to be a part of a group show. Danny and Harold attend the MoMA retrospective of a friend and contemporary of Harold's, the successful LJ Shapiro. Uh, they're neither father nor son. They're neither father nor son feels comfortable. Harold feels the art world has forgotten him and chooses to literally run away down the street. Danny meets Shapiro's daughter, his childhood friend, Loretta, but is forced to leave to chase after Harold. Um, yeah, we get to meet, uh, uh, Sigourney Weaver playing herself for some reason in this movie. Yes. She said, hi, I'm Sigourney Weaver. And I yeah. said, hi, I'm Harold. <laughs> hi, I'm Harold. <laughs> That's a great line. Um, yeah, uh, Dustin Hoffman's performance is really great in this. Um, he's just like, you feel, I relate to this guy so much. You know, he was an artist who was passed up and he is, has the shittiest attitude <laughs> in the world. 
And like no one's art is good enough. And he always has some sort of quip about how people suck and this, you know, his friend's art sucks or whatever. And it's like, he's just non-successful. It's like painful. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it, he's jaded almost. Yeah, super um, jaded. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, it's really great. Uh, yeah. And, and there's this, the, the, there's this really interesting uh, dynamic going on with him and Sandler because he's like Sandler like needs a place to stay, <laughs> you know? Right, like, yeah, yeah. So he kind of like has to put up with all this stuff, Ugh, and yeah. uh, it I don't know. It just really captures the like intricacies of like uh, yeah family yeah. relationship, delicate balance of that. Um, yeah, I really like. Uh, uh, you know, he this character we we kind of have seen. I don't know. Did have you seen Squid and the Whale, Eric? Uh, I have. It's been a while. Uh, the, Jeff Daniels' character in that is very similar to Dustin Hoffman's character in this. Like, they're both guys who have like really kind of intense opinions about art and culture, and like and like challenging art and culture specifically, but like are always sharing them with everybody around them, like anyone else gives a shit. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, very, very, a, a, a kind of a similar vibe um, there. And, uh, oh, one of my f- absolute favorite scenes is barely a scene in the movie, but it's when they're playing pool. And Adam Sandler like misses a shot and he like, screams. And then Dustin Hoffman does the same thing and then breaks the pool cue. <laughs> like anytime they play pool, they just fucking go nuts. <laughs> it's like... Such a funny little yeah, detail. Yeah, it's o- it's almost like uh, it's like implied that that's like a pastime of theirs, like a yeah. little like yeah. family game that they have, just yeah. playing pool and screaming. Yeah. Uh, we get some little moments too of Sandler that kind of remind me of uh, Barry in uh, Punch Drunk Love, where oh. he just so when he's like parking, he just freaks out in the car, just screams. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hold on a second here. Uh, Harold's younger son, Matthew, a successful financial advisor to rock stars on the West Coast in Los Angeles, is in New York on business and meets Harold for lunch with an accountant friend. Uh, They try to convince Harold to sell his Manhattan home and its sculpture as he can barely pay the townhouse's utilities. Uh, Harold tells them the decision to sell the house is a private family decision and stocks out. Uh, at a third restaurant, he criticizes the p- prices, but orders lavishly once Matthew says he'll pay. Uh, during lunch at the restaurant, Harold feels offended by the arrogant manner of another person and gets Matthew to intervene in scene in a scene involving running, chasing, and embarrassment. Uh, the bond slightly in self-righteous indignation. Oh, they bond in slightly self-indignation. Uh, self-righteous indignation yeah uh that evening they pay a visit to matthew's mother harold's second wife julia who has since married a man named cody a wealthy philistine uh she tells them she is sorry that she was not a better mother to harold's three children uh her directness makes them very uncomfortable and they are anxious to leave matthew resents harold for preferring a life of art over money I beat you, he screams at his father's departing Volvo. <laughs> Volvo. Yeah. Yes. Kind of, uh, kind of an interesting thing going on here, I guess, is like kind of where, you know, the plot's sort of talking around it, but like both brothers have 
equally complicated but different relationships to their dad. So, you know. Yeah. Um, How would you describe Matthews? What's his problem with the dad? You know what I mean? Like, we kind of get Danny's. Danny's is like, he loves, he like wants to kind of bond with his dad a, a, a little bit. You know, he's, you know, but he's also like kind of on a, on a downswing or something. Danny's, or, uh, yeah, Matthew seems like he's just like trying to distance himself. Right, yeah. As much as possible from from his family. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I had, I I got so wrapped up in the Sandler stuff that I, for a second, by the time we got to the Ben Stiller uh, stuff, I was like, oh, right, Ben Stiller's in this, great. Yeah, right, Um, yeah. But Ben Stiller, uh, Matthew has more of a, uh, like his relationship with Harold is great because he, <laughs> he, he, he like, uh, he gets like, f- f- like, I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard to describe, but he, you get the sense that like Danny just sort of like internalizes all of the <laughs> things about Harold that piss him off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas uh, Matthew just kind of like says, you know, says what he's thinking right, to Harold. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, like the scene where he uh, thinks the guy took his coat mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is great. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Harold is diagnosed with a chronic subdural hematoma. Uh, he enters the hospital where, as the day pass, days pass, his children learn to manage his care themselves. After first learning of Harold's that on leaning on Harold's doctor and nurse to do it, uh, outside the hospital, Jean tells her brothers the family friend who happened to be visiting Harold at the moment exposed himself and masturbated in front of her uh, when she was a child. Upset with the revelation, Matthew and Danny decide to beat the friend until they learn the friend is an elderly man who requires nurse care. Instead, they damage the friend's car with mounting exhilaration, although Jean expresses her disappointment in the half-brothers, having just wanted someone to listen to her instead of make decisions without her consent. Mm. Yeah, this is complicated. It's it's interesting to watch Matthew and Danny. I mean, these two guys together, just in general, is great. Right. But yeah, yeah, like uh, you know, I'll take these two guys, Adam and Ben, like kind of any way you want to serve them up. You know, as like kooky characters, sure, but also like just realistically too. Like I don't know. Just, just kind of love them. Um, at Bard to present, their father at the faculty group show, Matthew and Danny, or wait, at Bard to represent their father at the faculty group show, Matthew and Danny get into a fight of sorts on the quad. Later, blood and crying each, bloody and crying each makes drug-addled remarks in Harold's place mostly about themselves, and Matthew ends up breaking down emotionally during his speech. Could you imagine being just like a spectator <laughs> at this? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, as Harold convalesces at Maureen's place uh, in the country, uh, the townhouse was sold despite Matthew's change of heart. Uh, it dawns on Matthew and Harold that Harold's favorite sculpture, Matthew, uh, Matthew, a lifelong object of resentment for Danny and Jean, was likely based on his feelings for young Danny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, such a weird like thing to think about, like the heavy like being resentment because like your artist father's like your interpretation of what your artist's dad's like art yeah is inspired by you know what i mean that's such like a weird like complicated it's super weird It, it it also does remind me of something that might happen in something like the royal tenenbaums you know like this idea that, okay, so Harold convalesces at Marine's place in the country. The townhouse was sold. It dawns on Matthew. So it dawns on Ben Stiller's character that, and it dawns on Matthew and Harold, like the, the dad, that Harold's favorite sculpture who, that's titled Matthew is the, and is a lifelong object of resentment for Adam Sandler and his sister was likely based on his feelings for a young Danny. Like, it's just like, it, it's so weird. It's like he thought it was about Matthew, but it really was about Danny. And it's something that you can only really do in art, you know, like have something that, you know, you have a feeling that it's connected to, <laughs> And it be yeah. not actually, you know, you misinterpreted your own thing. Right. Weird. Weird um, and kind of a cool, like, small plot device, you know? I kind of like it. I like, uh, I like when, especially in dramas, when, like, uh, a story, a, fit, the, a writer, a director is like telling a story about another art form. Yeah. Like, uh, but you learn about the characters through how, through that art, like, uh, what's it called? Phantom thread, you know, or there's a, uh, the, uh, the Kurt Vonnegut book, uh, Bluebeard comes to mind. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Artist guy. Uh, Danny, who up to now has been solicitous toward his father, refuses to care for him while Maureen is away and accepts his brother's offer of a trip to California. Uh, But he forgives him for his past failures as a dad. Uh, On the way to the flight, he meets Loretta, now single, and she suggests they go together to the screening of a film Eliza has made. In the basement of the Whitney, Eliza uncovers... Her grandfather's sculpture, long believed to have been lost. Uh, the slow pulled pullback of the final camera shows shot shows how the Whitney Museum uh, warehouse is full of unheralded works by obscure artists. And that is the end. Boo. <laughs> 
Yeah, four <laughs> minutes of standing booze at yeah. Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. Standing, shouting booze. Jeremy, what do you think of this movie? Uh, this movie's great. It has um, an incredible cast, incredible story that it's telling. It's doing a lot with a little. Uh, it is, um, unfortunately, you know, sort of a, a pro, you know, like a, a victim of the Netflix fatigue of content of just like hard to take a film seriously for whatever reason if it just comes out to a streaming platform right away. Um, I think if this movie had come out to theaters and had a theatrical run and we lived in a different time, <laughs> I think uh, this movie would have been heralded as like a, no no pun intended, heralded as like a, uh, you know, one of the greats or at least one of the greats in his kind of like body of work. And, and maybe I kind of actually think it is Noah Baumbach's one of his better, his better work. So I'm going to give this film a 3.5. Uh, and as far as Adam Sandler goes in this movie, He's great. He's probably my favorite thing in the movie. Three point five is a uh, a very good score, Jeremy. Very good. Uh, I would have to say that sounds like a good score to me. Three point five. Yeah, good stuff. It's uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's like uh, there's certain directors, certain artists of, of like anything like music and stuff too or like tom waits for example i love tom waits tom waits is like a genius mm-hmm. i'm in the mood to listen to tom waits like 0.05 percent of the time mm-hmm. <laughs> but when i am in the mood it hits the spot you know what i mean you get oh, something yeah. out of it it's good stuff that's kind of how i feel about noah Baumbach movies maybe a little bit more accessible than tom waits but uh, yeah, three point five, just great stuff. Uh, you know, it's nice when people like Sandler and Stiller finally. Well, I guess they've worked together before, but you know what I mean. When they get together to co-star in a movie and it's actually good, it's always nice when that kind of thing happens. So, uh, Jeremy, next, uh, I gotta imagine the next Sandler movie is gonna be equally. As I agree. I, is this one now uh, a murder mystery? <laughs> uh, I think it is. Let's see. Because I thought it, it was this week's, but it was. Well, not. there is Hotel. Okay, oh, so there's no. something called Puppy, <laughs> but that's like a short film. Uh, the week of. You're right. It's 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 uh oh, the week of. A, Sandler and Chris Rock. You say is it the week of the the wedding movie? Yeah, seven days, Ooh. two families, no backing out. That's what it says in the. Uh, yeah. Okay, we're yeah. actually quite a we're a little far away from murder mystery. Which, by the way, Eric, it I I swear to God, we'll never be done with this podcast because he keeps making movies faster than we can cover them. Yeah, it's. But Never Murder Mystery end. 2 just came out. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. So we'll be doing that one as well. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I bet you another one will come out before, uh, we're, done. before we're done. Yeah. I bet I bet you're right. Yeah. Um So yeah, the in week fact of... he has he has two in post production right now. Amazing. Uh Leo uh, is one of them. 
and cartoon, and then one of them's called Spaceman. Okay, Spaceman, interesting. Um, you know, Sandler hasn't gone to space, has he? Not yet, but he might soon. Great. Uh, well, that's uh, that wraps up the uh, the Meyerowitz stories episode. Uh, check out patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy for all your bonus content needs. And Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. Mm-hmm.